Mindset Mashup Podcast, here we are. And I've got an amazing guest today, the second female of season two, which I'm really excited about. And this lady is truly leading from the front when it comes to entrepreneurship, particularly in the tech industry, but also as a female in the tech industry. Because I know we're probably going to chop that up as well, Indy, as we get through it. But I know some of it's been it's been techie for you. It's been techie in the tech industry for you because I know you. There was a lot of VC rounds that you've battled with, um, and I want to go into some of those challenges. But first of all, I just want to say welcome to the to the mindset uh, mindset mashup podcast, and I'm really glad to have you. Thanks for your time. It's a pleasure to be here. And I think something that I'm really that was a bit of like a burning desire when I found out that you agreed to come on the podcast was. Who have your role models been in your life up, just up to this point, whether that's business or, or personal? Like who's inspired you to, to be who you are? Oh, wow. I think there's so many people who have had a huge impact on my life, from teachers to family members, from peace, people in history that I read about, um, you know, people who believed in inequality, folk like... Um, Martin Luther King or Rosa Parks or um, people who were involved in the women's movements and, and you know, created uh, the path to where we are today as human beings that helped promote equality and we still have a lot more work to do. Um, mm. But I think that's where I draw a lot of my inspiration. Um, and I, yeah, I have outstanding people in my life, mentors, um, and uh, people who are even on this team who I work with on a day-to-day that I've known for many, many years have been a strong influence, women in my life, especially my grandmother, my mother, uh, my aunt, and, yeah, family. Yeah, I feel like, to be honest with you, Indy, I, I think women have always been such a big part of my life because I feel like I was raised by women. I do have, like, good male role models around me as well, but predominantly always felt like the women really held it together for the family. Like, especially like when I think about my, like my mom, who's always like held me and all my brothers like together as a, not just as as a family, but through the tough times, through the hardship. Uh, Then my auntie, she's a consultant and she's just like, again, I've seen her struggles within the industry where when I was young and getting up to no good, she was trying to bring me along to like to her days. And I was noticing stuff like that. She wasn't getting the same attention as maybe, a male may get on attention is probably the wrong word, like maybe credibility that she should have got mm. in those environments. And she was super cool and super sick at her job as well. <laughs> um, and Indy, something I, I didn't introduce your company at all. So your company is Weedo. Yeah, we do. We do. Sorry. I, in my yeah. head, I was like, we do, we do. Like we, I, I wasn't sure. So I apologize for that. <laughs> no and worries. No worries it, at all. It's a banking and communications application And I know you sort of created this because of being a freelancer yourself, but can you tell us a little bit about We Do and how it operates, what it does? Yeah, absolutely. So We we Do is here to kind of save you time, money, and energy, but really to remove the barrier to entry for people who want to start a career, who want to start a a side hustle, or who want to start up in general. And um, there's a lot of barriers for people. First of all, cost. So by being a banking application services platform, we can remove the front end costs for a lot of things. A lot of people pay for Zoom, for PayPal, for, I don't know, Stripe, for this, for that. There's all kinds of applications uh, for communications. And we've decided that we want people to 
be able to um, have access to these services so they can start their businesses and take and make payments and, 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 and so that there wouldn't be any paywall in front of it. And the way to do that is actually on the back end by being a banking application, we can actually uh, create that opportunity for people and also not sell their data because data seems to be one of these things that everybody thinks they own, right? The platforms keep on making you sign your life away. And uh, so we decided, hey, the advertising model uh, isn't what we want to do to people. We want them to be able to grow their communities around their products and their services and have real conversations with real people or sell real shows to up to a million people um, through the application. So we're a video and audio application that lets you create groups, take payments, take subscriptions, and bank in any currency uh, across the globe, incurring, and including crypto, which we're rolling out later this year. Oh, wow. So you got, you're going down that route as well. That's, that's incredible. So effectively, Indy, you'd be able to do it in real time as well. Um, so you'd be able to do a call like this. You'd be able to maybe get, get a contract finalized and be able to take the payment there and then, um, yeah. which is really cool. And I also like what you said about having sort of like both the Zoom aspect and the banking bit in just in one platform as well. And one of the things that I found really interesting uh, when I was listening and researching about some of the things that you've done is that this isn't, this has been developed for you. This is fairly recent in regards to when it, when it will be created, but how recent has the idea itself been? When, when did you come up with the idea? Well, I was, uh, I was working in the gig economy myself, picking up clients, developing um, websites and apps and, and doing work for people. And I realized that there was a real problem with uh, a lot of platforms taking big chunks of freelancers pay. Um, and it just didn't seem right. And so I started doing some, some market research and realized that, you know, this is a really big J curve uh, for, you know, that half the world's workforce was projected to be um, in the gig economy as freelancers by 2025, 2027 range. And this was prior to COVID. And uh, so I started playing around and I was still working. I was an interim CEO for a company and I was working on some marketing for another company. And uh, just before COVID struck, I started iterating and I thought I'm going to start designing this because there's something that there's something to this. And then COVID hit and I thought, now I've got a lot more free time. <laughs> and um, I thought, man, this is the best thing um, ever. Even though it was pandemic, I thought, well, this is a great way to ignore the news, stay in my little hobbit hole, you know, in my office and really work on this. And so I got it to the point where it was a prototype and I uh, met, um, got a got a friend of mine on the phone and said, hey, do you, what do you think about this? And he happened to be the, the, the first CFO of PayPal. And I'd worked with him on another project and he was like, I'm in, I'm in. I was <laughs> like, really? Wow. Okay. Okay, cool. Right. And then um, of course, a lot of people ended up with a lot more free time during COVID. We were all stuck in our homes. So for me, it was like, oh, I'm going to phone this old pal of mine up and see if she's available and what she's doing right now. And blah, blah, blah. And so it was, it made it easier. I think a lot of people think it was, would have been harder in COVID, but it made it, made it easier from a technology point of view, when you have all these people who have a lot more free time to get them to get involved in, in the project. And it was really exciting. And we've, um, we went from a small team of four or five of us now to 25 of us. Wow. Um, so we've grown quite a bit in the last couple of years and we're really excited to show this to the world. 
and we're launching this summer. So we have already started to let people into the app. Um, we're live in some some micro locations at the moment, and um, we roll out full on and go into our hard launch in, in September. Are, are you live in London? Not yet, but we, uh, yeah, well, we are actually live, live. We've actually issued cards, uh, debit cards in London now. So oh, nice. officially, yes, but we're, we're letting people in on private invitations. So we'll let you in. Oh, okay, go, cool. Thank go you. reserve your username. <laughs> yeah, <thank> you. and, <laughs> it's um, very, very imminent. Uh, now. It's, no, do you know, India, I completely understand, by the way, what you said about that free time and lockdown. I can very much relate to that myself. I think I spent a good portion of my career not really knowing what I was doing. And then COVID, I was made redundant. Um, and it was sort of like really terrifying because um, I didn't really know where I was going to get money. But at the same time, once I found my way back into sort of like just a little bit of money, I was able to think about what I wanted to do, which was a great asset. But the other part is what you said about when you spoke to your friend and they were like, I'm in. And I, I, I love that because I feel like that's another really important bit about, I, I believe that's an important bit about entrepreneurship or about taking that first step about the people you've got around you as well. Mm -hmm. And something that I found really interesting about talking about the people around you is as you were doing your VC uh, collection, there was a statistic that you mentioned I'm reading off a bit of paper because I don't want to mess it up where you said less than 2% of women are receiving VC funding. That's right. And you've, you've basically secured 3 million. Is that, is that right? Yeah. We raised $3 million last year. Um, less than 2% of women uh, are invested in. It's kind of uh, really odd when, when you think about half of, the globe are women so i, I know, you know 50 i think 50.5 percent so 50 and a half percent of the globe are women and only two percent uh raise investments through venture capitalists one reason is that there aren't very many uh, female-led venture capitalist funds and there aren't as many female-led uh, technology companies yet and and then you know the scalability of technology uh, in today's market is attractive to investment for raising venture capital. Um, and another reason is that, you know, women haven't, um, haven't traditionally uh, been in business as long, uh, founding companies quite as long, or not as many of us are. And I think the other thing is that there are, is, a, is a break uh, that women take often if they want to raise a family, and therefore, they tend to look for stability or they may stay home with children. And so there are less of us actually creating businesses um, due to those, due to the fact that we are females. Uh, however, that, that number is pretty pitiful, the 2%. No, yeah. Um, in any case. So I see that changing a lot and changing a lot uh, for the next generation and the generation to follow as more and more women go into technical fields and scientific uh, research and, and discovery and innovation going forward. And so I think that number will change dramatically in the next decade. It's representation as well, isn't it? The more sort of like people see people that are like them, whether that's race, gender, age mm -hmm. or, or whatever, it allows people, it makes space for other people that are similar, right? So for, in your case, this is other females. And in my career, um, when I was employed, I'll be honest, my best bosses have all been females. <laughs> like they've all, they, like my, the best ones that stand out the most to me 
have been females and I have had more male bosses and I can only think of one that would sort of like on par on par with them but mm -hmm. as you were going through your your VC VC hunt did you feel did you ever feel that two percent did you ever feel like were you getting turned turned away a lot did you experience oh, yeah. it I think the, I think though um everyone whether you're male or female gets no's from you know VCs in fact there's a lot of things that determine whether or not you'll raise capital from a particular VC or another. It needs to be a perfect match made in heaven. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me. And so, yeah, I think obviously women are turned down more than men, but there are also less women to turn down. And then you have this kind of stigma in technology that if, you know, if you look like someone like me and you're female, that um, they don't, they don't believe that you could be a great technologist or that you can code or that you can, you know, build a, build a company um, like we do, because it's quite an aggressive build. Um, let's face it. We have a lot of moving parts. Um, there's a lot of uh, regulation in fintech um, in banking services, technology in any case. And uh, you know, it's a complex structure. So that was always a question. Uh, whether or not maybe I had the talent or the skills or the intellect or to, the ability to put a rock star team around me. And then and how do they articulate course, that? How, how do they articulate that that message? Um, sometimes it's in uh, what they don't say or what they don't mm. ask. And then sometimes it's in the way they approach it. You know, like, well, have you, you know, have you thought about putting a, you know, a CEO in or have you thought about doing Ooh. this or doing that? And it's sort of like, okay. Right. You know, 25 years, I've won tech awards. I've been, you know, around for a long time and I'm getting this, uh, you know, so. Did you ever say like, yeah, me, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> um, you know, and then people have uh, different opinions of, you know, whether or not women can do mathematics, even though we used a team of women uh, to uh, calculate rocket science for the moon landing <laughs> a team of black wow. women in fact wow. uh, we are still getting this pushback and i think there it's not as strong in scientific innovation funny enough but when it comes to technology fintech uh, cryptocurrencies blockchain technology anything that's current um for some reason our ability to code for a really long time doesn't stack up and our ability to lead a company that is innovative also doesn't stack up. Um, and yeah, I still get it from, it's not just from VCs, it's also from sometimes, you know, it can be from people who are going to join your team. <laughs> it's like, or, or whatever, right? They look at you like, uh, okay, you know, and I wear a funny hat and I look like a hippie and, you know, I'm not traditional. I don't look like your typical banker. So, um, but I come as I am, and I'm as transparent as a human being as you can get, probably. And so I don't let it bother me. And I mean, it's, it is what it is. We live in the world today that is um, changing very rapidly, but very slowly in some way socially. So these things take time. And have you always had that? I'm not going to let this bother me, or it doesn't bother me? Or has there ever been an element of damn like or have there been a shift in your mindset in order to get where you are to like to dust it off or to keep pushing forward i think i've always had 
something inside me that pushed things forward. I'm not going to say that I don't let everything bother me because everyone lets something mm, like there's always yeah. something that niggles yeah. at you or bothers you. But I think it's an ability to um, choose what 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 your mind thinks and how you react or feel to something. And that's something that every human being has a power over. So if you have a certain thought that comes to mind or someone has said something that you go, oh, okay, here we go again. For me, I can just like dart it out. So I have this kind of mental uh, way of doing that. If things come to my mind that bother me, I just shoot them. I have like, they're, they're like bubble balloon thoughts. I don't know if you've ever done this, but for me, I just have, I like throw darts. You know, I've got this like, you know, I just get rid of it. And, yeah. and we can choose what what we react to emotionally. Um, I did have one VC last year that wound me up because um, they came back and like articulated something that was quite the opposite of what I had expressed, what I'd put in the letter and everything. And I thought, you know what? You're already a little bit condescending on the call. And you know, and the thing is, there's, there's millions of VCs out there. There are millions of investors out there. There is so much investment money in the world you wouldn't believe it it's everywhere everybody's got a fund a vc 10 million there 100 million there whatever there's a lot of money in the world and there's a lot more of them really than there are us mm. that you know unique and innovative propositions and so i i just try to find the right people who have the the same uh integrity and mindset uh, because sometimes vcs aren't going to match uh, they they have other yeah. intentions so i don't let any of that bother me i'm old now enough to know uh, better <laughs> i'm oh, in my oh. 50s now so and i'm like i'm not gonna none of that no i'm just gonna keep pushing forward and focus and and move on so yeah and how can someone oh, i want to sort of like reach the female because i know you're super passionate about that and i, I think this needs to be addressed as what would you say to other females out there and to people in general that you think could be, could struggle with not being able to react emotionally with it? Because it, it, it's tough, isn't it? As you said, like sometimes it is, it's just going to piss you off a little bit or it's just going <laughs> to um, like rub you up the wrong way. So how, how would, would you tell them the mental game that you said, like with the shooting or? How? I think, you know, emotions are good things. All, mo all emotions are good things. Um, it's part of being a human being. And so uh, it's really just a matter of recognizing you have an emotion about something and then letting it float away or, you know, giving yourself time to process it and asking yourself, why, why do I feel this way? And mm. most of the time you go, oh, it's not, you know, it's, it's not something that I have control over. Other people have their mindset, their points of view. Why should that affect your goal, your mission, your dream? or or the the community or the people that you want to serve and for me the mission is much bigger than me it's much bigger than our team it's really to look after people in a way that viscerally can help change their lives and so nobody's going to say no to me that you know and i'm just going to say well fine that's fine we can move on to the next and i'll just i'm waiting for the yes yeah and are you joining this team are you joining for the right reason are you getting involved in this company because you truly care. And I think those are the people you got to weed out and find, you know, you got to yeah, kind of sift through the jungle and find yeah. that one, you know, that one fruit or that one plant or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you, you got a sieve, you have got to sieve it out. So for you, just so I'm clear for you, Indy, what, 
you do you come back to like the mission or people might know it as the why or the purpose or the reason why they started so you come back to something that's bigger than maybe the emotion you're feeling after what what's being said and i think that's I think that's actually what I do often, especially when you start getting the nose. And <laughs> I've got a question about entrepreneurship and business in general. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to, I want to ask it because I'm not sure where I stand on this. And the question is, does being an entrepreneur mean you say yes to everything? No, absolutely not. More often than not, you you say no because you need to maintain your focus. So there are a lot of things uh, as an entrepreneur that can, can serve as distractions or not, or not important at the moment that you're in and you're in your path with your company or, or your startup or wherever you are. Um, So definitely not that you say yes to everything. Of course not. No. In fact, you, you can turn down investors and we have, we've we've turned down, we we turned down a one and a half million pound, investment um the day before we accepted one last year so um some people just won't be the right fit for your company or they'll have a completely different agenda for your company or they might not really understand um your model or how you plan to go forward they may be too traditional or they may be too um aggressive and their stakeholding that they want from you so yeah you, you can always say no yeah because I, I think so, i think that was what my sort of instinct was telling me in my intuition uh, the reason why I, I asked that question is because recently i've been reflecting i've tried a lot of stuff over the years uh from all sorts early on it was elite <laughs> illegal activity then it sort of become a little bit more legit as time got on and now obviously we're all good but i think something that i've done when early in my entrepreneurship, when I was trying different things was I was saying yes to too much. Mm. And the more I was saying yes to things, the further away I was getting from the goal, because I, d- I was just saying yes to anything that was just coming my way. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. What you said there about it takes you away from the focus. And often it makes that gap wider, doesn't it? Between where you are and where you're trying to get to, because before you know it, you're all the way over here or over mm-hmm. here. And, you're just being steered in the wrong direction and yeah the other a lot of people have that bright shiny object syndrome yeah you know definitely Uh, i definitely uh, you know there are a lot of creative people and and really great actually great uh, entrepreneurs and founders who have bright shiny object syndrome uh, syndrome but it's not a good thing to have if you want to run a business you Mm. need to put people uh, in place to keep you in check if you do have that tendency (laughs) yeah unfortunately you know yeah definitely and i think i find, I found myself saying no a few times recently and i'm like this is good actually this is this is good because okay i might be saying no to an opportunity which could bring me some money but for what it's not really about the money like oh, this is about staying on the path to where i believe like it's going to get me obviously we never know these things but i think if we make enough right and good enough decisions and correct the ones that we do wrong and learn from the mistakes that we make mm-hmm. it can only get us in the right place and staying true like you mentioned about like staying true to yourself and being authentic and that that's a big value for me because i've definitely sold that part of me before and just gone with whatever anyone was telling me and mm-hmm. it didn't get me where i wanted to be and the other part of entrepreneurship which you said on an interview and i loved it you said 
that there's no no for you you said that there's oh let me just i just want to read it because i just thought oh this has got to, <laughs> this this has got to come up on um when when i do the podcast but um you just spoke about that no matter what what the answer is whether it's a yes or a no but if it is a no you're just going to keep going they're just going to be determined to keep moving forward and i just wondering if you could speak a little bit a little bit on that yeah i think you know you have to be prepared to finish the race and go all the way um and letting a no here or no there especially when you're raising capital you'll get tons of no's you know tons Mm. of no's um one of the ways I look at it is life is a bit like a slot machine. You keep on pulling down that, you know, one arm bandit and eventually you'll get the three lemons or the three strawberries or whatever that is. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not a gambler, but I know that eventually it's an, it's a numbers game and the odds will finally, you know, stack in your way when you are raising uh, capital. And it's the same with, um, your business as an entrepreneur, uh, you can't let, things that things knock you back you have to uh, consider that especially if you have a team um, that you have people around you who respect you who you uh, they're dependent on you to an extent and that you depend on them that's what a team is about and uh, you're sometimes trailblazing and, and blazing a way forward for you and your team but also in the objective to serve people and add value so it's it's fundamental to uh, starting a business or being an entrepreneur that you are solving some sort of a problem for people Mm. and that you're looking after uh, the goal of adding value, uh, not just for yourself, not just for the investor, not just for the company, but particularly to the people on the other side of your business. That's really important. And if you let anything stop you, you know, it's to feel knocked back, take a break you know, a couple hours, chill out, enjoy uh, a little bit of life. But if you let things throw you off your balance and you quit, then you lose. And I think you have to be prepared not to quit um, and to go down and, you know, with the ship and really go for it. Um, And if you're going to fail, that may be, there may be market forces or inevitabilities. uh, But once you put your foot out there on that path, you need to put the next one forward every day. And I think that's um, that's how we get somewhere anyway, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think entrepreneurship is a lot less to do with ability and a lot more to do with how much can you endure before you get what you want? Um, and I, 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 did you see what I mean? Like, do you agree with that? Like, how, how do you feel about um, that? Well, I think there, there is a huge degree of endurance but entrepreneurship is also surrounding you with people who have other skill sets than you have yourself and getting the support around you in your team and in the people who mentor you or look, you know, mm. that you look up to um, and, and, you know, realizing that leadership is a skill in of itself, but surrounding yourself with the best people who are great at what they do that you may be weak at uh, really creates a team that's going to get to the goalpost. Um, more easily and a lot of entrepreneurs try to do everything they yeah a little bit all over the place you know and uh, focus on what you do best and surround yourself with the people who uh, do what they do best and and then then you'll you have a better shot at winning 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's good. You mentioned leadership, and I feel like that that's something that I can't I can't say that word without having a little discussion around around leadership. So, when it I often ask the question, like, what what have you learned from good leaders? But what what have you learned from leaders that that you haven't enjoyed working with or? Wow, there's been um, a good mix in my life of leaders, particularly founders. Founders are really attached to their baby and they tend to sometimes over um, overcompensate or not create a lane for themselves and the other people around them. Sometimes they don't empower their team. Um, and I've, I've had to work with a lot of founders and sometimes they you know, sometimes they've been ousted by their investors and you just couldn't save them from themselves. And that's, you know, sometimes people, uh, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but mm. if they don't drink, what do you do? Right. Um, so what have I learned from the mistakes that they've made? Uh, probably just never be like that as a founder. In the first as, in way, what, right? as in like disempowering, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like don't be the type of person who is like, so you know, crazy all over the place or whatever, right? Um, good leadership uh, requires trusting the people that you work with and giving mm. them empowerment really just means that you're trusting someone and giving them full responsibility uh, to carry that piece of the project or that, you know, that way and own their lane. Poor leaders tend to micromanage, oh God, Sometimes you get with people, they're micromanaging every detail, um, and I've worked with them, and sometimes I've had people give it, you know, you must have the patience of a saint to be able to work with that person or, or whatever, um, but, you know, the goal is to kind of show them that by doing that, they're, they're really getting in the way of their project. They're slowing everyone down, um, and doing that in a in a way that isn't offensive to them. Sometimes humor works, you know, um, depending on the personality. Micromanagement yeah. rarely, rarely works in oh, my no, experience. It's terrible. Yeah, it, and if, if it does, I think is there's just no longevity in it anyway. Yeah. Because there's only a matter of time where like that relationship burns out. <laughs> like yeah. it's like there's just an expiry date on it. Um, yeah. So, so you're well, saying. You get these two results on it, really, don't you? Either either people close down and they don't, uh, like you know, they don't share information with that particular leader, uh, which keeps that leader in the dark, so they can get on with their work, or or they disempower the person so much that, you know, the the employee, the consultant, the person that they're working with, um, ends up afraid to do anything. So there's there's no win in micromanagement at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with that. And just to sort of like we come to an end, you spoke about in the past business owners as well as one man bands not leveraging technology, which can stop them scaling up their business. And I'm just wondering if you could speak a little bit on that because a lot of the listeners are early entrepreneurs and small business owners. Yeah, I think that. Um... More, more solopreneurs and small business owners, if you can't afford to uh, hire people to help you, ask for volunteers, and, but moreover, search for technology that can help you leverage your time. Um, because time is the one commodity that we all have the exact same amount of, of course, 
And it's the one thing sometimes we take for granted. Mm. And the fact that sometimes uh, execution takes longer than you think it will as well <laughs> can be an issue. Definitely. So I think it's really important to um, use tools to help you manage both time, money, and, um, and the resources that you have. And of course, human capital, when it's available, is always great to have as well. Cool. <laughs> nice. And you've also spoken about people not scaling because there isn't enough time, which you alluded to there. So I'm wondering how, how you've done it. How I scaled yeah, or how, how I, yeah, how you scaled because you, you talked to us about where the idea, idea came from. You spoke to your friend who was CEO of PayPal or ex CEO of PayPal, I think you may have said, and how did you take it from an idea to sit in an office as you are right now and 25 employees? Oh, wow. Um, well, it's a process. Uh, first thing we, we did was build something and get some traction with that something we built and prove, and prove that there was a market for it. And we did a lot of studies, a lot of research. We did some testing of advertising and even, even some PR just to test the idea to see how, what the reaction was. Um, so we built uh, out the idea and in, 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 into something that was tangible before we went out and raised investment. Um, and then it's a matter of uh, finding the right people who have skills that are available in market and, and getting to know them and bringing them into the team and onboarding them. And that's just a process. You know, you take one, one person after another and bring them in. Um, then we went out for a second round because we had built out um, more of the application and had more traction. So more people downloading the application or downloading um, or uh, reserving on our wait list and building out our uh, partnerships around the globe isn't a cheap thing. So that required uh, a significant amount of capital to have those banking partnerships in the various uh areas that we wanted to roll out in. And then thirdly, it's, uh, I think the most fundamental thing is to be very authentic and, um, and clear in your communication with people. Uh, if you want people to trust you, you need to be very trustworthy mm. Mm. and respect is a two way street. Um, you know, and really the, the way we communicate our passion can be, uh, very, either contagious or it can you can fail mis miserably <laughs> if you're overly yeah. passionate and not yeah. um, considerate so I think it's really a process of just being human uh, and building one day at a time you know having a long-term plan a medium-term plan a short-term plan and a day-to-day -day plan yeah uh, so you're always you closing through. the gaps between where you are and where you're trying to go by creating constant execution and I like what you said about execution as well earlier I think that's often the difficult part of a plan the execution and that's why for me it's just getting to that part as quick as I can because I know if I can make the mistakes and I can learn and I can try something that's when I can start changing changing things about and you said <laughs> like you used the word testing earlier and Oh, that's something I'm going to think about because I think there's something I, things I can be doing that um, based off what you said. So thank you for that. And 
is there anything that you want to say to as we close this up so we do you i feel like it's just getting started it's just getting started you guys are just getting started over there um i feel like we got so much more to see but for the people that are listening whether you want to aim this more towards the female entrepreneurs out there um what would what would you what how would you want to close how would you want to close on what you say to them what's the message that you want to leave them with well, I think that if you if you are an aspiring entrepreneur or currently an entrepreneur, um, you know, be human first. And that Rome wasn't built in the days, so set an objective. But you know, getting to the other side of something requires a step by step process. And trust the process. You know, make the plans. Trust the process. Not everything goes your way or the way you want it to. But sometimes when things don't go your way, it's magical as well. So mm. don't worry about it because there's always a way, another way, another innovation um, and keep clarity, you know, make sure you, you remain clear uh, in your thought processes. Clarity is such a beautiful thing. It helps you to uh, be very focused and it helps with your execution. And the, that's really important for a long marathon. Yeah. Definitely. I'm running a marathon on Sunday. <laughs> you really? Is so like yeah, real yeah, one? <laughs> yeah, 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 real one. Yeah, real one as well. I'm, I'm running. I'm running two this week: the entrepreneur one and the and the physical <laughs> and the physical one. Um, Indy, and just 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 before we wrap up, I know that you've had a lot going on this year. You've been on various news stations. I think you've been selected by Forbes Tech Education Technology Council as well. Um, what else what else have we do up to for the rest of the year can we get an insight on that we'll be at money 2020 in las vegas in october um we're rolling out you know our launch pad um over the summer we're inviting people in make sure you download um the app and register your username so that other people don't get your handle um that can be a problem because we've had several thousand people already registering and some of them are registering as imposters sometimes or they must have a really close name to Kylie Minogue or whatever you know <laughs> so um, make sure you register your username um yeah and you know just writing the column in the Forbes Technology Council is really exciting that's just been a new development so um, I've already worked on a few pieces for that and yeah we're doing a lot of TV and radio and interviews and just getting the word out um, and just hoping that people will have a very happy experience with the application, understanding that um, it's built for them and in order to empower people and to help more people in order for them to help more people. Awesome. I love that. And uh, where can people find you? Do you want to plug your socials? <laughs> oh, mine's the usual Indiana Greg, just about everywhere. So in, there's not many of me. So Indiana Greg, and then um, we do underscore HQ. We do underscore HQ on Instagram and Twitter, um, and LinkedIn, and the usual suspects like uh, YouTube. Uh, David Jakes does a wonderful podcast where he talks to a lot of entrepreneurs himself, a lot of uh, consultants and coaches as well, and he's interviewed some pretty cool people. So keep your eye out for that you may um enjoy learning from other folk too if you're out there Definitely. listening and of course listen to george po george's podcast here um we we, uh, we as we, much we, as possible <laughs> we can plug other people's that's cool that's cool with me it's all, it's all about lifting up everyone you know it's all about lifting up <laughs> as many people as we can 
Um, Absolutely. Um, so yeah, if if you're listening and you made it this far, I just want to say thanks for your time. Um, please go and follow Indy on all the socials and the business, and I'll put the well with Indy's permission. If you want, I can put the description for your website, but you can register usernames on the we on the we do. Um, and as I said, if you made it this far, make sure to subscribe, like, review whatever platform you're on. But for now, thanks for your time. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.